Sports. Hello and welcome to Podnobbing, the podcast about podcasts. I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. And today is episode 12, genre sports. Sports. I survived, everyone. I survived. (laughs) Before we get into our sports picks for this episode, let's go ahead and begin with the ever-popular Podnobby News. Take it away, Carrie. This episode of Podnobby News was recorded on September 24th from Pod News. No more Podcoin, everyone. Wait, let me guess. What the hell's a Podcoin? <laughs> okay, so Podcoin was an app that was launched last year out of Boulder, Colorado. The app paid listeners to listen to podcasts. For every 10 what? minutes of listening, you would get a Podcoin, which could be redeemed for cash rewards. What? That is all the information that I was able to find. The company stated it had over 10,000 daily users, but it was losing momentum. So they're shutting the entire thing down. Yeah, maybe they lost momentum because nobody knew about it. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know how many hours of podcasts I've listened to? You could have been making... I could have quit my job. So many pod coins. I have no idea what... The fight, like the the fiat cash equivalent of a pod coin is. I don't know if a pod coin is like worth five cents or what, but apparently ten cents in Michigan. <laughs> okay, next, uh, also from Pod News, Wondery is partnering up, but it's not you know monogamous. It's got two new partners. The first partner is The Athletic. Uh, there are plans to launch a daily sports podcast with them. And second, they are pairing up with All Things Comedy. Did you know about All Things Comedy? Yes. I did not know about this. So All Things Comedy is a digital media cooperative and content creation studio made up of a community of comedians, one of which is Bill Burr. Yeah, they do a lot of YouTube stuff. Okay, so they do a lot of YouTube stuff. I know Bill Burr has a podcast. I've never listened to it, although I generally find his comedy quite funny. It's great. His new special is great, too. Ah, I've, li- I've watched almost all of his Netflix specials. Yeah, the new one just came out like maybe two weeks ago. It's fantastic. They're partnering with Wondery. Wondery makes a lot of fantastic media, so I'm interested to see where that goes. Hmm. So, Josh, have yes. you ever listened to or heard of a podcast called Culpable? A culpable? That's a hard word to say. Uh, <laughs> it sounds familiar. It's a true crime podcast. Yeah, yeah. sounds very familiar. It's a podcast by Dennis Cooper, who uh, travels to Mississippi, where a 21-year-old young man was murdered in 2014. This is uh, apparently unsolved. Well, Black Mountain Media and Tenderfoot TV are offering up to a $100,000 reward for more or new information on the case because they are trying to reopen it and they're looking for leads. We have seen podcasts do this before. So if you listen to Culpable or if you are in Mississippi and you have information about that particular case, 
go ahead and go on their website because they're looking for new leads. You can do it, podcast listeners. You can solve this murder. Sports podcasts. They're almost as popular as true crime podcasts. A new podcast called Sports Criminals highlights professional athletes who thought they could get away with anything, including blackmail, theft, prostitution, and even murder. The smarty pants behind this podcast are combining both sports and true crime, destined to make a big splash and get tons of listeners. The first few episodes are going to focus on Oscar Pistorius, which I don't know anything about that person, but maybe you do. Is that a boxer? I have no idea. But what I do know is you were already aware of this combination because one of your picks is basically this. That exact same thing, yeah. All right. And that's it for today's Podnobby News. I have a a quick uh, sorry about that. Um, Earlier in this episode, when Carrie referred to the date as uh, September the 24th, she was wrong. September the 23rd. Ah, shit. So sorry about that. Oh, Oscar Pistorius is a, oh, he's a runner. He's a sprinter. Oh, I wonder what the controversy around this person is. Mm, third leg? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Back to the actual podcast. Yes, sports. How did you do? I would actually say, I mean, I want to say that it's not my forte. The truth of the matter is, though, I still play a sport as an adult. You're an archer. I'm an archer. But I did not pick an archery podcast because I was trying to find a podcast that might appeal to, to like, the average person or maybe someone who doesn't even follow sports. And there's no way you're going to enjoy an archery podcast unless you're an archer, especially an archery podcast. Here's what I found about this genre. I feel like I complain about the genre first before we go into everything and and every single genre but perfect Perfect. we have okay we have a goal here at pod nobbing which is we want to highlight podcasts that we think people will enjoy on a very generalized basis see but Mm -hmm. the problem with the sports ones there's so many Mm -hmm. sports podcasts out there anything Mm -hmm. you can think of any team that you follow any sport that you're into i'm guaranteeing there's a podcast out there for that specifically Right, but that's very yes. specific. the The problem is when you get to like generalized sports podcasts; those are going to be all the they're all the big ones. They're all the ones that are, um, you know, ESPN or Barstool or like all these like known national sports guys or like a known athlete who's doing their own sports podcast. And they don't they don't need our they don't need us. Really, you know, they don't they don't need to be shout out and say, hey, listen to this because they, they already have that where they can get the word out. Although one of my podcasts is an ESPN podcast, but uh, mm-hmm, that's besides mm-hmm, the point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, when you get into smaller podcasts, um, you know, those tend to be the more more specific to a certain sport or uh, there's a lot of gambling podcasts out there. Didn't, <laughs> didn't really want to get into that. A lot of wrestling podcasts I noticed that are very popular. Yeah. Wrestling's yeah. fun. I mean, it's 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 a soap opera. It's a soap opera plus people like doing like tricks and throwing each other around. I yeah. understand the appeal. I really it's coming do. back to uh, television to to like network television too. I know. Maybe I'll get into it again. I, I get into wrestling like every fifteen years or so. <laughs> fifteen years. You're about due. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm glad that we managed to find three. Um, and I am actually uh, when we get to mine. I'm going to give a shout out 
to a sports podcast that I just found this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I will give a little pod nod to it. Uh, very, very brief. Just so it was so unusual. I had never, I hadn't found anything like it. So I will give a little pod nod to that. Um, and then I'll put a link to it as well on the Facebook page, just in case anybody's interested in pursuing more since we're not going to go too much into it. Let's, let's get into my podcast. Yours. Yep. Uh, we're going to go with Down in Distance. Welcome to Down in Distance, a podcast about the history of college football, part of ESPN's College Football 150, commemorating the 150th anniversary of the sport. This is the ESPN one. However, uh, it's not one of their bigger ones. Um, and the reason I picked it was because of the storytelling aspect of it. I don't watch college football. I don't pay attention to college football, and I did this on purpose. Um, I already lost all of my Sundays to NFL football, and if I started watching college football, I knew that my Saturdays would be gone too, and so I made a conscious decision to not get into college football. Plus, uh-huh. the um, the college that I pretend to have graduated from uh, did what? not have a football team. So That's true. Down in Distance is a college football podcast. Let me let me read the little synopsis here. It says, ESPN senior writer Ivan Mazel tells eight stories from the history of college football that examine how the sport has contributed to and reflected American culture through its 150 years. So, this podcast, uh, it, it's each individual episode is an individual story on its own. They're only probably about 30 to 45 minutes each, and they all tell a completely different story, but they're super, super interesting. Um, let me just go through a couple of the stories here. There's there's one called We Interrupt the Season. Uh, it's about uh, the two football teams that found themselves um, on the Hawaiian Islands during the attack of P- Pearl Harbor. So that kind of gives you an idea of the heaviness to some of these stories. They're really interesting. And it's, it's a story that obviously there's so many stories about Pearl Harbor and what happened. But you don't really hear this one. Uh, I had never heard it. Um, so you don't really hear some of these stories. Let's see. Another one. Uh, there was a – this one happened in Chicago. There was like a, a football team that was – they like never – they only lost like two games out of their last 70 games or something. And so they were playing a game here, and allegedly they were poisoned at some mob-infused uh, restaurant that they were all invited to the night before. From that week onward, Oklahoma no longer could intimidate opponents just by putting on the crimson and cream. The Sooners had been exposed. And what exposed them? Was it a wrinkle devised by Northwestern's coach, a future Hall of Famer himself by the name of Era Parsegan? Was it a player on the Wildcats roster? No and no. The incredible Oklahoma run of success came to a halt because of fruit salad. Yes, fruit salad. In the state of Oklahoma, there's a firm belief that the Sooners' invincibility ended because of sabotage. Shut up. Are you serious? I didn't listen to that one. And this one, it was like, uh, you know, back then they used to play both sides, like offense and defense. There wasn't like 
different players for those. So like it was like nine players and that was like a third of their team that would that was going to play that game. And then they lost and then it came out later that it, it was most likely poison. There was some weird strain that they took in the hospitals. But unfortunately, somehow the tests that they all took, you know, the samples that they all took to take to the lab yeah. to see what it yeah. was exactly. Somehow yeah. those all came up missing. Oh, they all disappeared. You don't say. Yeah, so we never really knew what happened. Tony's wife was a nurse. Right. <laughs> she got her sticky fingers on them. Exactly. Her husband was in waste <laughs> management. So, and then there's like a story about uh, the, this guy named uh, Bobby Greer, who, again, back in the 50s, there was, there was some, I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but they had some race issues back then. You don't uh, say. Especially in, in the South, in the Deep South. Oh, there was oh some, you're kidding. There's like a color line, you know, you weren't allowed in there. I, this is all new to me, but apparently from this podcast, I learned that this happened. And uh, oh, God. there was <laughs> Bobby Greer was like the first college football player to sort of break that color line uh, huh. by going to the Sugar Bowl. And it was kind of an accident. Like the they invited the team to the Sugar Bowl, not knowing yeah. that their running back was a black guy. Because when they had saw them play and they were got invited, uh, he was hurt and didn't play. So they're like, "Oh, you guys, you should come to the come to the Sugar Bowl." And then, of course, it caused an uproar when people found out about it. People were like, "Not in my town," or whatever. And uh, they actually made like rules for the following year that was like, "No, we're never going to do this ever again." It would be touching to say that Greer's appearance in the Sugar Bowl marked a watershed for civil rights and Southern sports, but that's not what happened. Later that year, as if to reassert the state's Southern identity in the wake of the Sugar Bowl, the Louisiana State Legislature passed Act 579, the anti-mixing statute of 1956, which prohibited racially integrated events. As a result, the Sugar Bowl didn't host a northern team, that is, integrated, for eight seasons. In 1964, the U.S. Supreme Court let stand a lower court ruling that declared the law unconstitutional. One year after that ruling, the Sugar Bowl finally welcomed another integrated team. So, it obviously that changed, um, but it's always going to take that first person to sort of break that wall down and uh bobby Gurr is one of them so these this was a limited series i believe i'm hoping that they do more but i don't i don't know it hasn't been announced uh, these are recent episodes like they all came out i think all episodes were done and over from early august and they just did the last one maybe two weeks ago um, and huh. So it's it's eight episodes. It's basically I'm hoping that it's season one, but it, it might be a it might be a short lived thing. But I would recommend going back and listening to all of them. They're super easy to listen to, super interesting hmm. stories. And again, I know nothing about college football. You don't have to uh, to enjoy just the the tales of football. Your lore, your L- lore. lore. No, it's lore. lore. Yeah, what's your? Yeah, days of your like days of past, and then. Lore is just like history. Lore is like stories. Yeah, like stories so like that are a lore of the yore. <laughs> For some reason, football 
bores me. I can watch basketball. I can watch mixed martial arts. I can watch tennis. I can even watch golf. <laughs> Hold on. Time out. You could watch tennis, which is basically human ping pong. Ping pong. Back dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, yep. dunk. Yeah. And you yes. can watch golf. I can actually But you think and watch football golf. is boring. Yeah, football for some reason I always space out. Wow. You know you know what I think it is? So but let's let's take a moment to like really look at this. Now this doesn't this isn't the same for basketball. Basketball I also can totally watch, but a lot of the sports that I generally enjoy watching and that capture my attention are there's like much more singular. There are fewer people involved. Maybe two. Now, that's not the same for basketball. I know that that's not true. What I think I, I grew up with more basketball than I did with football. So maybe that's why maybe because you, you I grew up, we grew up in the era of the Bulls. Maybe that's just why I have sort of a, a real appreciation for basketball that I don't have for football. Sure. But I think when football football has so much going on, like it's always like this camera from a distance. There's just all these bodies on the field. They all look alike because they're all in their little helmets, and I'm just like, I, 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 I don't know what's going on. I just, I, I don't, I don't they're know what's all, going on. I don't care. They're, they're all in their little helmets. <laughs> they're all in their helmets. It's just like blue helmet versus white helmet, and like I just, and then like they all run, and then they all like collide, and then they all fall over. And <laughs> What happened? Okay. All right. We're done here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to your second pick because your second pick is so. I'm watching. I'm watching football right now. Like we're recording this. We're recording this, and the Bears game is on Monday night tonight. So I'm literally watching it right now and fascinated with all the helmets. Yes. And they're all colliding with each other. All the tiny little helmets are just. They're just all falling down. No one knows what's happening. Guys in zebra outfits throwing yellow flags all over the place. I don't know, it's so confusing. But nonetheless, I am fascinated by the bright colors. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. And all the falling down. But but your second pick was a real (laughs) show stealer. So I listened to quite a few of these. Not all of them, I confess, but I listened to quite a few of these. I really liked it. I mean, it it got me. I okay, so uh, Chicago guy, born and raised, still here, mm-hmm. and uh, six seventy mm-hmm. the score is mm-hmm. our. We have two. We have ESPN one thousand, and we have six seventy the score as far as sports radio stations. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I I listen to sports talk. I do. Um, so I know six seventy score. I prefer six seventy. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, don't write any write in. Tell me why ESPN is better. But. Uh, <laughs> One of the hosts on there, her name is Julie DeCaro, and uh, she mentioned that she was doing this podcast a while back, like two years ago, uh, that she had started doing it uh, with uh, her one of the other score producers named Tony Gill. Um, and so that's it was on my radar. So listening to her show, I uh, it, it put her it put this podcast on the radar. Um, and so then when we were looking for this, again, it, it was harder than I thought to find one that I wanted to to talk about. Uh, and so and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I wonder if if that was done. I wonder if she ever finished it. So I looked it looked it up and I found it. It was called uh, this. It's called the, if you're going to look it up, you have to put in the score and then colon behind the headlines it's known as behind the headlines podcast but i believe there's another podcast with that name so this is the score behind the headlines 
with host Julie DeCaro. I'm pretty sure Julie did, uh, her and her producers did all of the research and did everything on this. I'm sure it was funded by the score, but it wasn't produced or anything else. It was just all them. Uh, and they decided to do uh, season one of Behind the Headlines is a deep dive into, it's tangentially sports related. Um, it's the murder of Michael Jordan's father, James Jordan. I completely remember this. Um, you know, we both grew up here. Uh, that was a, obviously a national story, but it hit it hit harder home in Chicago. Um, I remember when he went missing, and then I remember when they found him. It was like a while after. I think it was like three weeks after he went missing. Yeah, he was decomposed. Yeah, so they found him in a swamp. Um, so yeah. this is this is sort of a true crime podcast, but it's it's definitely has sports features in it, which is why I picked. Welcome to the Score Behind the Headlines, a new investigative podcast from Six Seventy The Score. I'm Julie DeCaro with executive producer Tony Gill. Each season, we'll take a deep dive into one sports-related story. In season one, we're examining when the they pull out his driver's Jordan. license and they see the name James Jordan, they see all this stuff with Michael Jordan, they suddenly realize that they have killed Michael Jordan's dad. And they got to get rid of his body. Most of the physical evidence that ultimately was recovered all landed on Daniel. Nothing was really linked back to Larry as far as physical evidence. Forensic evidence was relatively new to juries and before DNA testing became more mainstream. The kind of test Elwell used to check for blood in the car was called a presumptive test, which is sort of like a preliminary test, and it requires additional testing to confirm the results. Two former FBI agents, Chris Swecker and Mike Wolf, reviewed more than 15,000 North Carolina criminal cases following the exoneration of Greg Taylor, a man in prison 17 years for a crime he didn't commit. But while his case was still on appeal... In addition, the blood Jennifer Elwell says she found in James Jordan's car was all used up by forensic testing. As a result, there was no way for the defense to subject any of the blood to confirmatory or DNA testing of their own. The thing for me was, is that I remember the story well, but I don't remember, I don't know any details. I never knew any details. Yeah, Yeah. maybe we were too young. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't, I just don't think it was, I don't think it was broadcast really i think there was so much like respect of you know michael jordan that they didn't get into the the details but i didn't know anything about it i had no idea like how deep and sensational this story went like from the 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 murder of his father to then the capture of who they thought had committed the crime but then the judge that was involved they go into the story behind him and mm-hmm. that story was completely sensational i mean like the police force yeah all oh. the the crazy corruption crazy in that police corruption force in that specific area yeah there was like right. a uh, uh, i forgot what they called it but it was like a, a big uh, what is it be fbi that would do it i don't know who would do it but uh they took internal out, investigation i think so yeah yeah it was like they took out like 20-something deputies and officers yeah. and sheriffs on all kinds of charges yeah. from, like, kidnapping to, you yeah. know, faking, you know, faking evidence and craziness. Insane. It like, was there's, insane. there's people that are still in jail from that investigation, all cops that went down. So, and this was all from that same area that came out a couple yeah. of years after this happened. Mm-hmm. When they get into the, um, to the two guys that went down for the murder. Right. You know, it's, it felt pretty... 
open and shut case at the beginning. And then it turned out not as open and shut as you want. Like, I believe they got the right two guys. I don't think there's a question about that. But I'll just say this, because I don't want to give away too much of this podcast. Yeah, don't give away too much. It is... It uh, there's now doubt in my mind about whether one of those people should still be in jail. Yes. So for the most part, it is a scripted podcast, but they do uh, they have two episodes in particular, one in the middle and then one at the very end, where you get really get to hear um, Ju- uh, Julie and uh, Tony Gill or the producer. You get to hear their personality come out as they talk about just what's happening and then at the end what they think happened and kind of you know tie everything in together and tie all the podcasts together in one nice little neat box um Mm. because there's a you know they were kind of stepping on toes a little bit this is it's this is jordan city and you know the jordan family not cooperative with you know anything in regards to this case or podcasts or anything that want to get on it so they were you know it it was hard to avoid stepping on toes in this city but still trying to get um you know people that were there you know interviews and you know they they didn't want to make it about you know the, the 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 suspects or the people that were in jail they wanted it to be about james jordan but it's You know, when you have all this stuff that starts coming at you and all this evidence and then all the police scandals and uh, it's it's hard to to keep that focus. And I thought they did a really good job at staying fair um, and then at the same time (laughs) doing a little dance uh, as far as uh, getting the information that they needed to get. Um, Kudos to them for doing that, because I can't imagine in this city that that was easily done. Yeah, Yeah. people are pretty loyal to their heroes there so yeah i imagine it was not an easy thing to do the weirdest thing um that i didn't know was that the jordan family didn't uh they didn't say that james jordan was missing for like three like three weeks or it was like a long time i know but they said i know but then she well she somebody i can't remember who it was but somebody talked about it was michael in the in the oprah interview right oh right yeah he said that he would kind of go away on like these trips where he wouldn't really like contact them he would just go out on his own or something (laughs) isn't that weird well i don't know i i I don't necessarily know. I do know, like, so my partner will go, like, well, he doesn't do it too much anymore, but my partner used to go on, like, uh, camping trips, you know, by himself, and he wouldn't necessarily be able to email or, like, call or anything if he didn't have reception, so it would just be sort of this leap of faith where he would just be gone for, like, you know, however many days, and I would just sort of be like, all right, I hope everything's okay out there. Like, should we agree on a date that I should be worried or that I should call? And you're sure he was camping? <laughs> He wasn't like on a Breaking Bad drug binge or anything. All right, it's not yeah. I, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea if I think that that's really weird. I don't know what I think about that, but I, I do remember that part. Yeah. So, and then another big aspect of that entire story was the uh, conspiracy theories that have abound uh, about Michael Jordan. Um, have you ever heard these conspiracies before? No, I never heard any of them. So, like. Okay, there's two conspiracies, basically, that they go over. Um, and one is there's a conspiracy theory out there that 
so Jordan quit basketball. Do you remember that happening? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, they go over that too. Then he went and played baseball for a while. For a little while, yes. He went for the, and played on the White Sox. Um, and then came back and then won three more championships with the Bulls, right? Yes. So there's a conspiracy theory out there that um, Jordan was forced to retire that first time by the commissioner of basketball um, okay. because of uh, gambling issues. Because J- 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 Michael Jordan was a famous gambler. He liked oh, to gamble. Yeah, he, he liked to spend time at the tables. He always owed a lot of money. It's like a known thing that Michael Jordan is a gambler. Oh. Um, and so the the conspiracy theory was that the commissioner, I don't know if he was thought he was gambling on basketball or something like that, but instead, uh, because Michael Jordan was the king, you know, he was the greatest basketball at, at that time, and many would say, I would still say, of all time, um, but he was the best, and so they didn't want to tarnish uh, Michael Jordan's image uh, because that would tarnish huh. the entire game. So they right. they, f- they forced him to retire, um, hmm. and then allowed him to come back three years later, four years later, whatever it was. Uh, so that was the first conspiracy theory, and then uh, the next conspiracy theory was in regards to James Jordan, uh, and that he was killed. Because of Michael Jordan's gambling gambling debts. Ooh. Oh, God. That's a terrible rumor. They talk about those as well. Um, So they do get into that a little bit. And, oh, Bears just got a touchdown. 14-0. 14-0 Bears. I'm so glad that you can multitask. Okay. Uh, The first pick was Down and Distance. It's ESPN. Uh, Down and Distance, hosted by Ivan Maisel, who is a longtime uh, ESPN college football sports writer. He's been on. He's mm-hmm. been doing it for like 27 years or something like that. Down in distance. You can look it up that way. Uh, available through their website and also on Apple and uh, what's the other one? Google. Google. It's actually not on Spotify. Oh, um, okay. ESPN down in distance. And then uh, my next one is the score behind the headlines uh, by Julie DeCaro and. Tony Gill, Chicago's own. Those are my two picks. Listen to them. <laughs> Do, Do it. it. So we are going to take our little break as usual. And then we're going to come back with my womp womp pick. Your womp womp pick? All right. All right. Cue break music. We're back. Still 14 of Josh, Josh is probably not going to hear a damn thing I say because he's watching football while podcasting. I can multitask. I have two ears. Two. I bet they match. And my ear canals are the same size. I know. I made the mistake of telling you that my ear canals are not the same size. Freak. First, let's go ahead and tell folks how they can reach us. Right. You can talk to us anytime, day or night, by emailing us uh, at podnobbing. Uh, at gmail.com. So just not at pod, just podnobbing at gmail.com. <laughs> you can also visit our website at podnobbing.com. Uh, and we are on the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just search for <laughs> podnobbing, you'll find us. It's a big yellow emblem. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, uh, 
don't contact me at my home or my work. And <laughs> generally, in the street is fine, but uh, you know, keep your hands to yourself. Uh, yeah. So yes, that's how you can reach us if you have any overwhelming desire to communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you. So I was hell bent on finding a sports psychology podcast because. I find sports psychology extremely interesting. I think the fact that we have podcasts about it now is so cool because there are so many elements of sports psychology that are completely applicable to whatever you do. They have sports psychology podcasts for like all kinds of things. Like, are you an endurance athlete? Are you a um, combat sport athlete? Are you a competitive weightlifter? A lot of those things are going to turn people off because while I can kind of listen through some of the things that I cannot relate to and kind of pick the gems that I really like, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, I do not give a shit about like long distance running. I don't want to hear about this. So I found this one and he has so many episodes that I thoroughly enjoyed. He does handle his sports psych show a little differently than some other people do because he interviews athletes, other sports psychologists. He he has really conversations with people. He's not necessarily walking you through tactics. The show is called the Sport Psych Show Podcast. And your host and sports psychologist is Dan Abrahams. He interviewed another sports psychologist who runs, she decided to get into boxing like fairly later in life, like in her 30s. And she opened up this like boxing youth camp for a lot of her teenage uh, clients or patients who were incredibly hard to, to, to use talk therapy with. So she runs this boxing gym, this boxing camp for these kids. And I assume that's what you mean by the, the title psychologically informed boxing group. So it, uh, what I hear you say there, Kathy, that I think is very pertinent is, yes, boxing can help. Yes, historically it's helped. Yes, there's evidence for that. But it's not just the boxing alone. Yeah, absolutely. So it's something about kind of supercharging, <laughs> supercharging the powers boxing already has um, by tweaking them with clinical psychology knowledge, um, actually. So like we're, you know, we ask a lot of our boxing coaches. So um, when we when we work with young people, we tend to have someone lead the boxing and someone lead the thinking. And we kind of alternate depending on who's doing what. But, um, you know, it's a, we ask a lot of our coaches um, because we're asking them to coach differently. Um, so we're saying, yes, you're a really, really good boxing coach. Yes, you're extremely experienced. And you're working with these young people who have a level of difficulty that you don't come across in your gyms usually. Um, because they're the kind of young people who couldn't get themselves to an amateur club and succeed, I don't think. Because... Because they need more, they need more from an adult. I mean, it's not that novel. You've seen like a hundred million movies about it, but take away like you know the romance and like the sweeping landscape friggin' soundtrack. A lot of her tactics were actually pretty cool. He had a great interview with Frank Shamrock. If you are an MMA fan, I am a huge MMA fan, mixed martial arts fan. My partner competed in mixed martial arts for a long time. So if you're an MMA fan, you will know who Frank Shamrock is. Or a wrestling fan. He was a wrestler, too. His interview was really interesting. He talked about 
this uh, this idea that he would learn about whatever their specialty was, he would try to look for the weak spots in it. So he kind of had an idea of what he was going to have to do with this person who was high-level judo, or this person's a high-level Muay Thai fighter, or this person, like, what's their strong point? I thought that interview was super interesting. Um, the sound quality is imperfect, I won't lie. It's not super smooth. So if that's going to be something you're very sensey about, then, you know, that might be something that bothers you. I feel like you said that directly to me. But if you're not very nitpicky about that, the interview content is more than interesting enough to get you past the imperfect, you know, the imperfect sound quality. I found it interesting that you once again pick a podcast from not from this country. We are in the mecca of the sports world. (laughs) Baseball. Playoffs are about to start. Football just started. (sighs) So I did listen to a few sports psych podcasts that are made in the U.S. There was one I really, really struggled with because I really liked it. I will say this. There were a couple of episodes where he interviewed people that have slightly, in my world, they have slightly controversial ideas about training. So I was a little afraid of saying, like, you should really listen to this. And then someone listens to one of those episodes and they're like, screw you. So I didn't pick it for that reason. He was he's American, though. And um, just like, I really just do roids, man. That's all you got to do is just do a bunch of steroids and train so your ass the- off. <laughs> So in the sports world, the concept of like, like dieting, right? Like eating, dieting, it's very controversial. Um, And so he, anyway, he had a guy on there who has some very controversial ideas. And so I was like, I don't want to get an earful if I suggest this podcast and somebody listens to that one episode and they're like, how could you, how could you promote that? So I didn't pick that. Unsubscribe forever. Yeah. I listened to, I listened to the episode. It was called the psychology of a referee. And uh-huh. actually, oh, I, I, did. I did. Yes. I found it interesting. I did. Yeah. Because um, it's something yeah. that you don't really think about. Uh, like what yep. what refs and umpires, they kind of go through, especially on the biggest stages imaginable. You know, like the World Cup or the the World Series or the Super Bowl. Like there's a, there's a lot on the line and you got 50,000 people screaming at you. And like I never really took in the psychological aspects of what they go through and like how they deal with it. Imagine you're a referee and you've just been appointed a big derby game like Rangers v Celtic or uh, Manchester United v Manchester City or something like that. You may feel nervous. You probably would feel very nervous before that. But some people might feel, well, uh, this is going to hurt my performance. Now, the other side is that you see it as a challenge. And you want to embrace that. So this is a great opportunity for me to show the world, my employees, the players, the fans, that I can take control of such a big, important game. And that's what has a greater effect on performance. In the book, I talk about some quite fundamental theories of sports psychology and the effect of stress, and one of which is drive theory. Um, And it's quite an old fundamental theory, but essentially it just shows that if your dominant response is the correct one, um, i.e. you know what you're doing, you're well-practiced and you're well-rehearsed, Actually, the effect of stress isn't that bad. It, it can actually improve your performance because you'll start to see it as a challenge. And this is essentially an area where I think people kind of forget referees. Um, even, you know, there's interesting things about, you know, crowd noise and how it affects them and when players like yell at them and how it affects them. There's like a bunch of studies that have been done. So I actually did find it extremely interesting, even though it was about it's soccer. foreign. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, referee. I was like, oh, football ref. Okay, cool. And then, <laughs> nope. There actually are podcasts out there that are specifically like for non-sports. There are sports podcasts that are for non-sports people. Like, that's how they market themselves. This is a sports podcast and we don't know anything about the sport. But that was weird. But there's <laughs> there's like a few of those out there. Did you listen um, to a few? No, because I was not going to pick those. But uh, yeah, but they're but they're out there. Or I thought I thought maybe you would do an MMA one because um, that's uh, you know it's always gaining popularity. Um, yeah. And there's a bunch of them out there too. So I thought maybe you'd go with one of those just because you know. The I world. know it's it's a cool time I think to be interested in MMA in some ways. It's a problematic time in others. It, you know, I mean, I have some issues with UFC. They're just buying everybody up. I don't particularly like how they treat their their fighters. I mean, AKA I wish they had better healthcare, but, but, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool things happening in terms of the sport is changing. It, it is, it is reaching just this really amazing level where the athletes in the sport, I remember watching it 10 years ago, just even 10 years ago. And, and like, they were just like a bunch of burly dudes that cut, I mean, look, a lot of them had high training, but a lot of them kind of looked like they'd be brawling in your uncle's backyard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now there's all these like high level athletes who have been training since they were like five years old. They're coming in with remarkable skills. It's it's becoming a pretty amazing sport for women. I mean, I know a lot of the women that were part of it 10, 15 years ago talk about how it was such a nightmare, but they paved they pave the way and like there's amazing opportunities for women to like headline shows. You have women headlining shows and fighting. It's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, so I do absolutely love the sport. I don't I don't know if I would say a podcast about MMA would be generally interesting to the public. I imagine a lot of people yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions about it, but I imagine a lot of people would be like, I'm never gonna listen to that. I have friends that refused to come see fights with me with brian you know like half the time i was inviting them just for support because like no i never brought this up and i never to brian or to my friends or to anyone i think i have one friend who i ever really talked about this with but half the time i really just wanted support for me because i felt like i was going to throw up like sitting in that crowd wondering if my partner is going to come out of that ring like okay you know or out of that cage it's worse than a ring come out of the cage and be in one piece so I was often inviting friends for support, but I never pushed that line, which I probably should have. But um, I would have, I would have went. I know you would have. I wish we lived in the same city. I go. Totally one of my buddies, one of my buddy's cousins, does like uh, trying to get to the professional status. So oh, the, really? there's a lot of local stuff, and uh, we'll go out once or once a year or so, and uh, just yeah. to support them. They're fun. They're awesome. It's a very hard sport. The weight cuts. You know the anxiety leading up to the fights. It, it was an it was an intense thing to go through with him for for years. Yeah, but every now and again you get to pummel somebody, and that's got to be fun. You know what's weird about MMA is well, it's not weird. It's 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 a good thing. Um, but I guess it's weird for me. And again, I'm, I don't want to come off sexist, but I'm going to here. Mm. But like Great the Josh, W the WNBA compared to the NBA, I'm just not interested in the WNBA. I respect my father feels very differently. I'm just letting you know how I feel. I know, but my dad used to feel the same way you do, and now he loves he loves right, WNBA. Your dad is still is in the minority. It's as far as ratings are concerned, everything male. You know, and there's a male counterpart. It's generally more popular, um, and generally men would choose to watch the men. 
Um, men would choose to watch men. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. However, I like men and women fighting, MMA fighting, like equally, e- equally, if not even yeah. a little bit more on the women's side. I I don't know mm. why. I don't I don't know what it is, but I I like it, and uh, yeah, there's no to me there's no difference. In, in talent, in none. the talent, in the talent, none. Now, obviously, yeah. if you put a female MMA fighter against a male fighter, there's going to be a murder. But um, you may be surprised. No, the interesting thing no. about that. Well, I mean, look at Amanda Nunes. She cross trains with men all the time. Yeah, but they don't really fight all the her. time. I don't know. I mean, look, I've been in jujitsu classes. Just for the record, yes, I take jujitsu classes. I should not be because I'm an old lady, but they're really fun. And working You heard with... that, folks. Jiu-jitsu and archer. So <laughs> don't fuck with her. But I have to Boyfriend, say... Boyfriend, like... MMA guy. Don't <laughs> fuck with her. But I have to say, I was really afraid of working with men at first. I mean, and certainly, like, size... I was... I'm literally going to say size matters. That's great. So <laughs> size matters. So working with a really big dude, you're like... I'm suffocating, like I'm going to die. But here's the thing. So what you don't see, I mean, what you really aren't seeing in MMA yet, um, and I'm I'm assuming this is going to change uh, if the sport keeps going up and creating more spaces for people who are going to bring in audiences. I think you're going to see this. But when I'm training with women who are like 200 plus, you know, like big and strong as fuck, it feels no different than when I'm training with like right, dudes but that are that's like. That's why there's classes though, like size classes. That's I mean, there's, right, that's why they right, need to be in the same. Right. right. Totally. So Brian has admitted to me that in jujitsu he has worked with some women who are like about his weight class, who were like he was like holy shit, like she is fast, she is strong, and she got me like multiple right. times she tapped me because if she they was do a pay-per-view I, i'm all over it the first <laughs> man versus woman mma fight I'll they're probably it. never gonna do it because so many people would be like i mean it would people would be offended beyond you know what i mean like it would it would be it wouldn't be good all right all right yeah. so um what mma podcast are we recommending what are we talking no about? MMA podcast, but we just talked about MMA forever. I'm so sorry. I, I wasn't going to do that. Okay. You did say you wanted to give a shout out, though, to, to a I different do. pod. Yeah. I do. I want to give a pod nod to a podcast I discovered this morning. This podcast is not for everybody. I will explain to you what it is. But I was thinking for a lot of the people I've met who tell me they're not into sports, sports are terrible, sports are violent, sports are this, sports are that. You might actually get a lot out of this podcast um, in terms of uh, you know hearing people who share some of your views, but love sports, love sports. It's a podcast called Burn It All Down. I'm going to put a link to it on our Facebook page because I'm not going to go into it too much here. It is a self-identified feminist podcast. It is five women. They predominantly 
interview women in sports. So they do talk about different kinds of sports that women are involved in, all kinds of stuff. I was listening to an episode about lacrosse, which I know really nothing about. But the reason I was listening to an episode about lacrosse was they were talking to the manager of the team. She's a woman and she was just talking about like getting into sports management, everything from like, oh, this is the education that I did. This is sort of this was my path into getting into sports management. Yes, of course, there are places in the world for women in sports management. And then also talking about a lot of her mentors were men and a lot of them were awesome and supportive and there's you know like don't let that don't let that keep you away like it's entirely possible sure you'll might meet some bad apples but there's no profession where you won't meet a bad apple of all kinds that was a super cool episode but you do have these women that very openly talk about the issues that some people see and then they talk about their love of the sport so I think that would be attractive for a lot of people maybe even get some people interested in sports uh, who who otherwise feel like they, they don't want to watch them because of these issues. Yes, it's a very like pro-femme podcast. No, not everyone's going to love it. But I think if you're one of those people that's just kind of like, oh, I don't watch it because you would probably be surprised at how much you get out of this because these women all are huge sports fans and big sports fanatics, but they're very well aware of some of the issues that keep people away. So burn it all down. Um, I'll put a link to it on the Facebook page. And if it's something that looks interesting to you, or maybe you think a friend would like, by all means, share it. Cool. All right. That uh, is uh, wraps it up for our picks, but... You know what that means. Ooh, lightning round and a sound effect. The lightning round. All right, Josh, let's get into it. What are you watching? I'm currently watching the Bears uh, whoop up on the oh, Washington Redskins 21 to nothing mm-hmm. at halftime. So, mm-hmm. uh, And actually, there's an instant replay going on right now, so it might even be 28 to nothing, but uh, we'll find mm-hmm. out in a little bit. Um okay. I am watching. I am rewatching Breaking Bad. Uh, almost done with it. God, so good. Such a good ass show. Because of the movies coming, I was like, you know what? This is a good time to rewatch. Also, I'm also rewatching uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just for fun. Just because it's oh, a good that show. That show is just, so funny. It's just a good show to replay. It never gets old. But the show I want to uh, recommend is a a cartoon uh, by Matt Groening, the Netflix show disenchanted uh it's matt grading's uh show this is just season two just came on um and i watched season one and i was like yeah i like this i like it i'll definitely definitely look forward to season two and then i rewatched season one in preparation for season two uh because it's a cartoon it's easy to watch and i laughed my ass off so much more the second time that i watched season one so um I think it's one of those shows like where you're just, especially, you know, it's creator of the Simpsons and Futurama and you're like, okay, let's see what we got here. Um, and you're sort of bracing yourself for it to, to be good or hoping that it'd be good, but also thinking maybe it's not going to be good. And so, and then also you're getting to know characters for the first time. So like these are the early episodes, you're just sort of just like, okay, I, this is funny. It's weird. I like it, but you're not getting all the jokes and there's so many packed into each episode uh visual jokes and just dialogue joke it it's i I thought it's a fantastic show um and i haven't started season two because i'm still rewatching season one but can't imagine that it is not going to be uh, as good as season one if not better so that's my what i'm watching and that's my recommendation disenchanted on netflix what are you watching on Netflix, also, I am watching something much 
heavier. Actually, I finished it. I binged it. Oh, it is it. 28 to nothing, by the way. The replay uh, turned out that it was a touchdown, touchdown bears. Oh, thank God. I was really thinking about that. Yeah. So I binged a show called Unbelievable. It is not funny or light. <laughs> it's quite heavy. So this show is a 10-episode series about a serial rapist. It is based on a true story, um, and it was fantastic. Heavy as shit, not a light watch at all. Uh, you do have an amazing cast. You have Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver. It's W-E-V-E-R. Do you think she says Weaver or Weaver? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Caitlin Dever and uh, Danielle McDonald from Dumplin', if you don't know who Danielle McDonald is. It is so good. I couldn't stop watching it, even though it was certainly not a light, fluffy watch. I can't recommend it enough if if you can handle the content. The content is extremely intense. Uh, two, I went to go see Hustlers. So this movie stars Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. It is oh, she's a, a true stripper, story. Right? Yes, it is yeah. a true story about strippers, exotic dancers, if you will, who basically start scamming Wall Street guys out of their credit card limits, basically. Hmm. <laughs> it was, I, I, I didn't have high expectations. I did want to see it. You know, it looked like it was going to be fun. And the fact that it was based on a true story was interesting to me. It was actually fantastic. It was spectacular. It was a really, really enjoyable movie. All right, Josh, what yeah. are you listening to? Not much. I'll be honest with you. I did not listen to a lot, um, but I did uh, take a gander because I'm a little late to this party, but uh, I heard that this song came out and kind of was like, what? My eyebrows went up. It is Post Malone featuring... Oh. Ozzy Osbourne uh, oh, yeah. and, and Travis Scott and uh, I was just like wait what okay I'm gonna do it I'm gonna <laughs> listen to it yeah. and I gotta tell you it was it's a little cookie cutter in its presentation as far as just you know how they kind of lay it out but Ozzy sounds fantastic and wow. the, just the whole genre clashing generation clashing like just putting it all together uh, I actually thought it was really good. There's a kick-ass guitar solo in there. When's the last time you heard a guitar solo in, a, in like a mainstream pop song? You just don't. Um, yeah, I don't think you do anymore. What I also found extremely interesting was the comments uh, under the YouTube uh, uh, video, which already is over 10 million. So again, a little late to this party, but the comments of all these people who have no idea who Ozzy Osbourne was. Oh, None. no. <laughs> Like, people were like, uh, I'm glad, you know, thanks to Post Malone for uh, giving this Ozzy Osbourne guy a career. Oh, like, God. So, like, just all this, who who is Ozzy Osbourne? It, it, I don't know. It's pretty amazing to me. Um, we're there. We're officially there. Yeah. But the song itself, you know, it's 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 kind of candy, uh, a little pop candy. Yeah. But uh all in all, I thought it was it was pretty good, and for just the fact that Ozzy and Post Malone are doing a song together, and Travis Scott, um, was just 
pretty unique and pretty interesting. And go ahead and give it a listen. So I am listening to uh, a new, well, I don't know if she's new. She's new to me. I'm listening to an artist that has been a gem of a find. Her name is Sampa the Great. Ooh, that's an awesome name. She is a rapper from Melbourne. And her music is fantastic. I will put a link to her music on our Facebook page. You should give it a click. You should give it a listen. She is incredible. Sampa the Great. fan friggin tastic I think she's like 27 years old. Maybe 27, 28 years old. All right, Josh. Actually, can you call me Josh the Great from now on? Sure, yeah. Josh the Great. What or are you reading? The Mediocre... <laughs> I'm not. Uh, what am I reading? Currently, I'm reading the score of the Bears game, which is 28 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's a field goal by the other team, and it's good. So it's 28 to three at halftime. That's what I'm reading, and nothing else. So I told I told you guys that I should be finished with the book, um, The Body Keeps Score, by today. And the problem is, I binge watched Unbelievable instead of finishing the book because I'm. Can I just say that every time I hear that word, the song goes in my head. You're unbelievable. Uh, Oh, every time I hear that word. Good for you. For the last 20 years. So the book is fantastic and I am truly almost done, but. What I was reading the other day, once again, I'm reading an article. The book also mentions this because the book was written in 2015. And this is a little bit, this is a tiny bit potentially of a downer. But what else is new when it's coming out of my mouth? So if you have ever heard of the ACE test, the, um, uh, the ACE test is the Adverse Childhood Experience Test. <laughs> So this this I bet you this aced test, that test. <laughs> the ACE test uh, is mentioned in the book that I'm currently reading. And I live in California and very recently a pediatrician by the name of Nadine Burke Harris was appointed um, uh, sur- oh, shoot, Surgeon General of California. And um, she, long before she was appointed by um, Governor Newsom, has a really, really fantastic TED TED Talk about the ACE test and about the work that she became interested in while completing her residency here in San Francisco. A quote from the article is, it was in talking with those children and their families, she says, that she first realized how many of her patients experiencing the worst health outcomes, those with the highest levels of chronic asthma, for example, were also living with a significant amount of adversity, such as growing up in a household where a parent was mentally ill, abusive, or substance dependent. So taking the ACE test, If you have not taken the ACE test, you may want to consider doing it, although it is not a light subject and taking the ACE test can be extremely, you know, painful. But I took it and I was shocked at how high my score was. (laughs) 
I, I had no idea the things that they consider what they call toxic stress. And I also had no idea that these things that studies are showing that certain types of toxic stress experiences childhood can lead to certain illnesses when you become an adult, if not while you're a kid. So if you've never taken the ACE test or if you know nothing about the ACE test, it's available online. Nadine Burke is actually trying to make it the standard of care across the country. You know, California, yes, she was appointed Surgeon General of California. Great. But her goal along before that was to, to change pediatric care across the country, get more people considering uh, stress and stress at home in terms of health care and not just you know, mental care, uh, but actual health care. Why does this kid have asthma? Why is this kid having anxiety? Why is this kid having like these terrible digestive symptoms? We can't find anything wrong with them. Well, maybe they're actually dealing with like toxic amounts of stress in their household and that actually can lead to physical illness. So her work is pretty amazing. And uh, taking the ACE test might be a profound experience for you as it was for me. Um, And so if you know nothing about it, uh, I recommend you watch her TED Talk first. That might be an easy way to kind of guide yourself into this rather difficult subject. <laughs> I, so that's I am what I'm amazed. Reading. I am absolutely amazed that you are amazed that you scored high. <laughs> but no, because I I just didn't think I didn't think a lot of the things that I didn't think a lot of I just didn't think. I mean, there are questions on there like you know, did anyone in your family serve like prison time right and so to me i'm just kind of like my answer is no so to me i'm just kind of like oh my toxic stress levels when i was a kid were not that high like compared to people that had you know parents that were in prison um but then but that's what i mean so like the questions that they asked the things that it's like the things that that test points out like no that's a big deal. And you should really be aware of how that has weighed on you. That was very eye-opening for me. And I bet it would be eye-opening for a lot of people. Do you think so, that had anything to do with your uh, different size ear canals? Oh, my God. It is totally possible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're done. Let's, let's We're wrapping this here. bad boy up. We got Carrie so, Downer and Josh the Great with another... <laughs> episode in the the can can. Uh, what's what's coming up next the next genre that we will be taking on in two weeks religion and spirituality oh okay so if any of you guys are religious zealots contact us at (laughs) podnobbing.com if you're a zealot please don't contact me i don't think either one of us are very religious or spiritual so this will be a good one This is a good one. We're definitely going to put ourselves out there and see what we can find. So until next time, everyone, God bless you.